What's up, Red Rocks Austin? I hope you've been enjoying Re60 as much as me. Let me remind you, you will get as much out of this as what you put into it. And that deeply rooted and passionate and abundant faith life that you dream about is possible only when you do consistently the things you would normally do occasionally which I hope you've gotten a taste of that so far. Nobody modeled this better than Jesus, and I also hope you've seen that in his life, reading Matthew and Mark so far. The Gospels are essentially just biographies. They're the story of the life of Jesus from four different vantage points. And a lot of times we read the Gospels just looking for an inspirational verse or a sermon metaphor, but what if you... What if you read the Gospels like you read a normal biography? So I remember back in middle school, I read Kobe Bryant's biography. First of all, because nobody understood this daily discipline, Mamba mentality, better than Kobe Bryant. But I read his biography, not just because I wanted to learn information about him, it's because I wanted to be like him, right? That's the main reason we read bios. And so what if you read Luke? The Gospel of Luke, not just to get some good information or see some good verses, and not just to hear what Jesus says, but to watch his life and observe his lifestyle and how he started his morning and how he treated his friends and handled a busy schedule. What if you saw these daily disciplines? And then what if you thought, okay, how can I implement what Jesus did into my life? In other words, what would Jesus do if he were me on a daily level? Daniel, one of the heroes of the Old Testament, he understood this also. You remember Daniel, the guy who got thrown into the lion's den. But the reason that Daniel had the faith to survive the lion's den is actually found in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, When Daniel learned that the, de the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. So this is a day before he's about to get thrown into the lion's den. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. And this is the best part, just as he had done before. He had his daily routine that he did, his re-60, his re-lifetime, if you will. And he prayed that day, just like he had prayed yesterday and the day before that and the year and the decade before that. Because Daniel understood, hey, this one little day, this one little prayer session with God is actually of infinite importance when I start to stack it up with a daily routine that I see play out over a long period of time. This is following Jesus, not just for 60 days, not just one day a week watching church online, not just in a pandemic, but a lifestyle church of following Jesus. Even Jesus did this, and you just read this today. You know this in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. I sometimes wonder what the heck was Jesus doing in his life between the ages of 12 and 29. We get one verse that tells us what Jesus was up to. It's Luke 2, 52, and it says this, Jesus grew. I love that. Even God had to grow. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I want to point out one thing. That does not happen accidentally. Nobody accidentally stumbles into being more like Jesus or more godly. That happens on purpose. Those daily disciplines, they do 
add up. The abundant, passionate faith life that you want, I'm telling you, church, it is possible. It really is possible if and only if you do daily and consistently the things that up until this point, you've only done on occasion. So let me show you that with this metaphor. There's a reason we're in my garage right now in the 100 degree heat, sweating it out. And there's a reason behind me I have an ice bath. And you'll find out, if you know me, you know I'm a, a huge evangelist for Jesus and for ice baths because both of those things have done so much for my life. And if you also know me, you know that anxiety has been a big thing for me um, for about the past 10 years. And I, I don't need to explain to you that anxiety and kind of this low-grade daily worry that's chronic is, is something that is all the time in our country. And, uh, and I, I struggle with it as much, if not more than just about anybody I know, but this helps so much. And so I wanna, I wanna show you that I'm not uh, kidding right now. There's a thermometer that I have in here and you're gonna see some ice floating. This is 28 degrees, 27.9, just to give you some context. The Titanic water, if you Wikipedia it, was 28.1 degrees. And so we're right around that. And you smart cookies are already wondering, well, water freezes at 32 degrees, so why isn't the whole thing a block of ice? There actually is ice down there. And uh, I do it every day and disrupt the water or else this would be one giant ice cube. So what I do every morning, every morning, and I've learned to love this, I just set my timer for three minutes. I say a quick prayer. and I hop in the ice. And I sit here and I breathe. So give me some grace, because usually I just have to breathe, but right now I have to talk to you. So here's what happens when you jump in here. Your mind immediately starts to panic and goes into fight or flight mode. So your nervous system, your central nervous system has two settings, sympathetic, parasympathetic. The sympathetic is fight or flight mode. It's survival. It's a lion is charging us or I just jumped into 28 degree water. We're gonna die. You need to, you need to get out of here. You need to do something. We need to survive. There's that mode and then there's the parasympathetic mode, which is rest and repair. And your mind, your body is designed to normally be in rest and repair parasympathetic mode unless you need Unless you're in cold water and you need the fight or flight mode. For most of us, and this is, I feel like this breaks the heart of God. We live most of our lives now in fight or flight survival mode, <laughs> in sympathetic mode. And that's why we're all stressed out. And we try to escape from it by binging four hours on Netflix or spending an afternoon at the spa or going on vacation. And all those things are amazing, but those things should not be escapes the only taste of rest and repair that we get should not be when we fly to Maui for a week. We are designed to live in that mode and occasionally be in fight or flight mode. And so here's why this helps me. I hop in and immediately your body goes into fight or flight and starts panicking and your brain tells you you're gonna die, okay? So I'm experiencing that right now, which is why you breathe through it and eventually something crazy happens when you breathe and when you stay calm your mind has a little bit of an epiphany where it realizes, I'm okay. Even in the most extreme environment, 28 degrees, freezing cold, I'm actually 
okay. And I can get in my brain into the parasympathetic rest and repair mode, even in the storm, even in here. And so here's where the metaphor switches to real life. Even in a pandemic church, the most extreme of environments where we live way more often now in, in sympathetic and fight or flight and survival mode where I'm worrying about everything, even, even in a pandemic, you breathe through it. And what I do in here is I remind myself, Ruach, the Hebrew word for the breath of God, is closer than the very oxygen I'm breathing in. And you can be okay even when you're not okay. It's crazy. It's so like your brain is so powerful. That's why that's why Paul in Romans chapter 12 says renew your brain by being daily 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 transformed. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you can do that in a pandemic. If I can be okay in an ice bath. That's why it's helped my anxiety because I get going with the rest of my day and my brain's like I'm okay everywhere. Even when life is crazy and all the responsibilities are piling up, even when my sleep is down, even when, even if, I'm okay. And you can realize that in a pandemic, I got Jesus. I don't need a Sunday morning church service. When that comes back, awesome. But it's gonna be the cherry on top for you, not your lifeline. Jesus is your lifeline. And in a pandemic, you're learning to follow him and that God really is all you need, church. He is all you need. Realize that now this obstacle is an opportunity. Don't waste the wandering. I'm at four minutes, so I'm gonna stand up and get out of this thing before I turn into an ice cube. Oh, give me just a moment. Oh, that's cold, man. It doesn't feel like 100 degrees out anymore. Also, physical benefits. You know what? Just email me. I'll email you back all the physical benefits. That's for another day. It's also very helpful in Austin in the summertime. Re-60. We pick 60 days because it's a long time. This is not just a, hey, seven days, 21 days to get your butt in gear and clean up your life because we do those things, I do those things all the time, and then six months later, I need another one. But 60 days is a lifestyle change. That's enough to develop habits three different times in 60 days so that you might get to the end of it having read your Bible every day and encouraged your friends and skipped a meal once a week and you've been journaling and before you know it, these disciplines just kind of start to become who you are. And you can follow Jesus in a pandemic, which means when this whole thing's over, and it will be, man, you can follow Jesus anywhere. Church, he's closer than the very oxygen that you're breathing in right now. So let this be a little kick in the butt. You're halfway through Re60. Do not quit. Because I promise you right now, it might feel like you're out of breath a little bit, but give it 30 more days of you going hard at this thing. You're going to get to the end of it. And it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to be a lifestyle. You're going to be in it and you're not going to want it to stop. And pretty soon Re60 is going to turn into Re-Life. That's our prayer for you, church. We love you.